and I just learned the best spell of all. What's that? Sleep. Welcome back to My Alchemical Bromance. I'm Matt Anthony. And I'm Eric Arneson. And tonight we are interviewing Soror Sadkiel, who created the Rota Terror. Rota Tarot. Uh, say hi, Sora Zedkiel. Greetings. Um, so your tarot deck is pretty interesting. Like, it's very colorful. Uh, it possibly, amongst all the tarot decks I've ever seen, it is the most colorful. Like, uh, so I suppose the first question I have for you is like, did you do that on purpose? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I have most of my experience in, uh, as far as esoteric work goes, in the builders of the Adidam tradition. And before that, I had done some work in the Golden Dawn tradition as well. Um, but I did several years of courses with mm-hmm. uh, courses from the BOTA that were written by the late Paul Foster Case a genius and a world-renowned tarot scholar and Kabbalist. And um, the colors that I utilize in Rota Tarot, as well as the majority of the symbols, are inspired by his deck. Mm -hmm. And um, his deck basically was said to be uh, received from the Comte de Mm Saint-Germain and a series of channelings or a lot of the deeper esoteric meanings. Wait, wait, wait. Of the deck. Uh, So... The Paul Foster case deck was res- was channeled from St. Germain. Um, many of the teachings, indeed, for sure. Uh, it's oh. definitely rooted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did not so, know that. Um, yeah, so <laughs> there's actually kind of a funny story about it um, or uh, about how the Comte de St. Germain and Paul Foster case kind of came in contact with one another, but basically case was like the best that they had not like oh you're amazing and you have this divine mission but eh, you're actually the best we got so we got to <laughs> give this to someone <laughs> you fit the bill oh. um <laughs> <laughs> so um and he started the builders of the adam school and wrote about 15 years worth of courses based on tarot alchemy tree of life, uh, cube of space, whatnot. Um, but the colors I utilize are from his system. So yes, they were intentional. Um, as far as the minor cards, uh, I haven't done, uh, I heard there's a course that yeah. comes later in the BOTA curriculum that deals with coloring the minor keys, but I, I have no idea how they're colored. Hmm. So I just kind of use the elemental colors you know, intuitively, that's pretty straightforward with the yeah. minor keys. But the major keys are from Case's system, but a lot of the color signatures, I mean, they really have a lot of deep connections with one another between the different keys. For example, if you lay out the zodiacal cards in the major arcana yeah. in a circle, they make a complete color wheel. So like we have Aries, and- that's red. Is that... Taurus is red, orange, etc., so on, so forth. And that's from that's from the BOTA. Kay. Oh, that's from the BOTA. All right, cool. That's neat. Okay, I just realized that I'm super thirsty. So All I'm gonna, right, I'm gonna open this beer. 
do it. <laughs> it's it's small. <laughs> uh, it's a gigantic oyster mushroom saison. It's Ooh. in a crowler. I think it's 32 ounces. I'm not sure. Uh, but it's gigantic. Love crowlers. Ah. Oh. oh, I think I just got beer on my computer. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this thing is huge. And a little messy. Damn it. Ooh. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, so, uh, Soror Zadkiel, when, uh, how long have you been doing the BOTA stuff? Like, when did you get started? Um, I started doing the BOTA studies in 2013, late summer of 2013. Mm -hmm. um, I started studying Golden Dawn material in 2007 okay and did you do the golden dawn stuff solo um so i did independent golden dawn studies from around the time i started going to university of memphis until i moved to uh western north carolina mm -hmm. and in that area i found a group doing that work and did some work over there and then i have a lot of friends that I've made over the years in different Golden Dawn groups, um, but uh, the bulk of my work. Oh, sorry, go. Oh no, no, no! You could you could talk too. We could both talk at the same time. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I definitely I I mean I did like lesser vanishing rituals of the pentagram for years before I ever came into contact with a group that was actually you know doing that as part of a curriculum. Mm -hmm. um, so did I feel you? like I kind of tapped into the golden dawn system pretty early when i was 18 oh. so. did you work from the self-initiation into the golden dawn book from chicken tabitha cicero so i have not actually done that whole uh working i have not done that but i did make some of the implements using their instructions um nice so i never yeah. did that <laughs> i mean i uh, i actually worked through donald michael craig's modern magic um, nice. which I think kind of has the same instructions. It's been really, it's been a very long time. I'm trying to remember exactly what it tells you to do, but um, I might actually tell you to buy the Cicero's big green book and use their instructions. But I, uh, when I, when it came time to make magical implements, I just sort of did it my own way. I'm not sure. I mean, nothing killed me. I, didn't, I never got possessed Yet. by demons or... Uh, I mean, Oregon's on fire now, but I don't think that's related. <laughs> yeah, you know, in one of the... I don't know if you have read Pat Zalewski's commentaries on the Golden Dawn rituals. They're amazing, by the way. Uh, he does them for each of the degrees. Um, I don't know if I've read those. I have a Zalewski book that I, uh, that I just finished. I can't remember the title of it. Um, I'm sure it's right over my shoulder in that bookcase directly behind me. Yeah. I, I can't... Uh, yeah, I, I I don't read as much Golden Dawn stuff as I used to now, but but gotcha. Yeah, um, he did actually mention in one of the commentaries, I believe it was on the Zelleter mm -hmm. in the, for the Zelleter grade, um, that the Nimus 
actually, like, the tail of the nimbus goes over the chakras in the back of the spine to uh -huh. prevent demons from possessing you in the ritual. Really? Uh, so it's just kind of funny that you said, <laughs> <laughs> I was never possessed by anything. Well, make sure you make your nimbus. I, I never made a nimbus, but it's always <laughs> uh, it's always been on my list of things. Like, I, every once in a while, I'll come across a pattern online. I, I really like to sew. And every once in a while, I'll come across a pattern online, and I'll be like, hey, I should make a nemesis. But then finding, like, the right stripey materials and stuff. When I mm -hmm. when I, yeah, when I I yeah first got my sewing machine, the one that I have, I, I guess it's my first sewing machine. When I first got my sewing machine, I did make myself a hat. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go get it. I, I, you guys. Do it. You guys just discuss things amongst yourselves. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Have you, uh, so you, um, what's your connection with the esoteric work? Uh, I came in through masonry, but I always well, had an attraction to Golden Dawn as well. And I bought the green book and I started doing the preparatory work, the three months of meditations leading up to it. Got a week from doing the first grade and had a really freaky experience that scared me away from it for like, uh, still. <laughs> but I'm still super interested in Golden Dawn, but I wanted, instead of doing it self-initiation, I wanted to find a group, and I just haven't found a group. Fair enough, man. Uh, yeah, I had some pretty spooky synchronicities myself, you know, over the years that are pretty, uh, you know, frightening. So <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, I love masonry, though. I uh, am a master mason in um, comasonic currents and... I think it's like a really beautiful, pure current. Right on, yeah. Oh, look at Eric's hat. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you can see this this fabric. It's uh, it's got al astrological symbols on it. Right, right, right. I thought I, I accidentally. Cool. It's hard to make hats, like to make things of the proper size. So it's it's really big, but it's not big enough to fit over my headphones. <laughs> so, you know, but it's a hat. <laughs> Oh, it's, it's got a nice, um, like I put a hat band on the inside of it and stuff and it's all, I, I mean, the construction is wonderful, but it needs, it needs to belong to somebody with slightly less dignity and a slightly larger head than mine. <laughs> uh, maybe I could sell it on eBay. <laughs> You probably could. Yeah. I'll wait until I get famous. <laughs> <laughs> so, Matt, what are you drinking? A really foamy beer. What's it, what's it called? Oh, stop foaming. <laughs> uh, wow. <laughs> uh, so, so, tell us about your smoke situation what's it like up there how bad is it in vancouver washington yeah yeah it's uh smoky uh it's bad dude like i walked outside and yesterday morning and there was ash everywhere like mm -hmm. i took a step and like poofs of ash were up and like it smelled like a campfire outside yeah it's like this is bad news dude it's gnarly i don't think that um i don't think that the part of the country that, that isn't on fire realizes how crappy it is right now like oh, idiot kids with fireworks started a fire in the columbia gorge 
I know. It's like, oh my god, dude. Mm-hmm. The place that they that is like burning to the ground right now is one of the most beloved hiking spots mm-hmm. in this area. Yeah, there are a lot um, of a lot of really sad and upset people. Yeah, so I mean, I've lived in Oregon my whole life, and uh, when I was in Southern Oregon, every year we'd have a fire season where it'd get kind of smoky. Some years it was this bad, but not for very long. But this is the worst I've ever seen it in Portland. In fact, I don't know. I feel like we had a forest fire year not too long ago, but that it wasn't super bad. But this is just really gross. I can't even tell. Can you guys hear my cat? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exploding beers and cats and... Well, I'm not drinking a beer this evening, but I'm drinking Townsend's uh, kombucha. It's turmeric and ginger um, because of uh, the smoke is kind of making my immune system a little gnarly. Uh. <laughs> okay, I'm back. This feels like the most chaotic. Uh... It does. <laughs> it's like... Full moon in Pisces. Uh you know, my my lunar return is in Pisces, and long, long ago, I can't remember who I was talking to, but <clears throat> long, long ago when I was first doing the Golden Dawn stuff and I was first like doing like tarot meditations and that sort of thing, I every once in a while I'd have these like really freaky occurrences with a tarot deck. Um, I remember one of them in particular where. I saw the card that I was going to draw before I do it. I was doing one card a day and like doing a meditation on it. And I saw the card that I was going to draw before I drew it. And it was the 10 of swords, which is a freaky card to begin with. You know, that's the, the, that's oh, yeah. the extra stabby card. And, um, <laughs> and I drew it and I was like, fuck, it was, it was messed up. So I was talking to somebody and I think I was talking to somebody in my study group about it. And they were like, well, where's the moon in your, in your chart? I'm like, I don't know. I don't go for that astrology crap. But so I figured it out and I looked and uh, it's like 14 degrees in Pisces. So it turns out that all of these I'd been keeping track of uh, the position or the, you know, the location of the moon in my magical journal. And all of the places where I was having these weird occurrences was during my lunar return every month. Uh, And that's freaky. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so if it's a full moon in Pisces, then it might be my lunar return. Does anybody know? Uh, uh, I mean, you guys obviously don't know exactly where my lunar return is. I'll, I'll look right now. <laughs> Interesting. The moon card is attributed to Pisces in the tarot. Oh, cool. Tell us a little An bit. An astrologer. About <laughs> an astrologer friend uh i have in canada named rab um he's an, an astro whiz and a very advanced practitioner of many arts mm-hmm. western mysteries and also vajrayana buddhism um he called pisces the dustbin of the zodiac the dustbin <laughs> of the zodiac what does that mean it's like it's like the last sign of the zodiacal year mm-hmm. and it like collects all of the karmic shit from all the other signs oh so it's the leftover bits it's like kind of and it's also it rules the feet and the feet are like the most neglected part of bodies 
I think, you know, we were like on our feet all the time. Yeah. We, like walk on them and like they just don't get quite as much attention just in the collective, I think. Your feet are probably infinitely more likely to accidentally encounter feces than any other part of your body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and like they carry all the weight, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's pretty symbolic. Also, the moon is like, after having done years and years worth of meditations with the tarot and the mm -hmm. BOTA system. And also, um, you know, you really get inside the cards with creative visualization and like uh, affirmation work and like digging into all the symbols and, and working with various like catalytic meditations and whatnot with mm -hmm. um, the keywords. The moon is spooky, man. Yeah. Like, I had a lot of really intense uh, brutal shadow work that I went through when working with the moon. I got like brutally sick, had like conflicts with people, like like in intense shadowy stuff. And that that's pretty common from correspondences I've had with other people. So then the, um, the BOTA work with the, with the major arcana, it involves like pretty specific work. Well, I guess like path working, you do path working. Huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's path okay. working for sure. Uh, yeah. The, the courses. Oh, yeah, oh cool. keep going. Keep going. It would basically just be, um, you know, daily, yeah, daily meditations, journaling, creative visualization, poking and prodding in your meditations. You know, you do some breath work and own, like get into a trance state. Bam. Mm -hmm. Do you see it? And I do. That's the moon. Mm hmm. And, uh, but, you know, not all is lost in the moon card. You have all those yodes raining down. Like, <laughs> yeah. The divine hands from heaven. Mm hmm. You know, there's hope. Plus, you have to transmute the shit into gold. Mm hmm. <laughs> also, your subconscious is harboring a delicious lobster dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the primordial crustacean. <laughs> what do you think of uh... speaking of uh, shit in a gold? I'm drinking my beer out of this Holy Mountain slash Twin Peaks glass. Ooh, Sweet. have you have you seen Holy Mountain or Todd Kill? Oh hell yeah! Only like a thousand times. I love Alejandro Jodorowsky, yeah. and I would say that that's my favorite movie of all time. Mm. See, now you know why we let her hang out with us, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, um, that movie is a G. I love his use of tarot symbolism. Like, there's mm -hmm. scene where like the fish hook Zadi is coming down the side of the tower. Hey, and then like <laughs> homeboy Jesus hops up and like gets lifted up, and then he's in like the Technicolor tunnel. Jaken and Boaz and the teacher. Oh, and, oh the, my god, the, so uh, great. The the crazy goat throne. I love the goat mm -hmm. throne. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Yeah. That Love alchemist it. character, the alchemist in the in the goat throne room. Um, do you ever watch Adventure Time? Uh, no, but I saw a picture from the new Adventure Time. That's totally. Yeah. Wait, no, no, no. I'm thinking of. There's a Holy Mountain episode. There's a Holy Mountain episode of Adventure Time, but there's also oh. there's a there's a death character who shows up and I don't guess he, I, I don't know if he's necessarily a death character. I can't remember exactly what it is, but he wears that alchemist's outfit 
but his head uh, is the head of a horse skull. Strange uh, fella. There's a lot of Adventure Time is uh, it has a lot of weird esoteric symbolism wrapped up in it, and it's all hidden behind this like facade of a children's cartoon. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah. So I was actually just thinking of Rick and Morty who did something similar in, like, one yeah. of their recent episodes. I don't actually watch either of these shows, but sometimes they're, like, on in the periphery, and I'll see... I, like, saw a pic of it. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> yeah, if you ever if you ever want to, like, waste part of your day, just <laughs> eat some marijuana edibles uh, and then watch Adventure Time until it makes you cry. It shouldn't yeah. take more than, like, ten episodes. <laughs> okay. Noted. Um, okay, I want to ask you some more questions about the moon card, though. Do it. Okay. Uh, so what is up with the primordial crustacean? Like, what what do you usually associate that crustacean with? So, okay. This there are a, a lot of various just opinions just, okay. about okay. it. No, I know, I know it's not a test. Okay. So I was actually just reading about this the other day. Crowley changed his to the dung beetle in his deck, the thought deck. Um, I guess that's not super surprising. No, he says that, that like the card is attributed to Kefra hmm. and like attributes um, kind of the, tra- like I was mentioning the transmutation of the shit into gold mm-hmm. embodied in this card because the dung beetles lay their eggs in species and then roll it across and the moon is like a reflection of the sun so there's like lots of other symbols that's like kind of Crowley's take on it actually that was from Robert Wang's book on Kabbalistic tarot okay uh and so in cases and in mine I would say that it represents like an early like a prototypical being right Mm -hmm. crawling out of the waters of subconsciousness right Mm -hmm. coming onto land here in the depiction of the moon card, you see the four kingdoms, right? The, you see the mineral mm-hmm. depicted in the rocks and the crystals. The vegetable depicted by the grass. Mm-hmm. Um, the animal depicted by the uh, animals. <laughs> uh, I'd like to interrupt but you there you see... for a second. You, you sure. didn't just list the four minerals. You listed the three categories of things that you get from 20 questions. <laughs> But then you see, then you see symptoms of uh-huh. humankind okay. through the buildings that are made. Right. But there is no human in the building. But then, the moon card is spooky, okay, because there are these rolling hills, mm-hmm. okay, and uh, the yellow brick road, as I call it, <laughs> which you see throughout the day. I was gonna call um, it the yellow so, brick road too. It's it's very striking. Like it kind of looks like it's pretty much the only path. It's the only choice you really have. And it, I mean, you can walk off, but uh, doesn't look fun. Good luck. Yeah. No. You're gonna want a headlamp. Uh. <laughs> so, um, in the card, there are hills that you go up and down, up and down, up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um. So, you're always higher than where you started, but then when you hit a new low, it still really sucks. But you're still in your in your lows that you hit. You're still better. Then you're better off than where you started. Mm-hmm. But the card, the moon, is really like integrating successes and failures for sure. Hmm. Um, it's bittersweet. You know what I mean? Like you've got to, part of the work of reaching adapted yeah. and cleansing is like 
self-reflection, honest self-reflection, like, what did I do today, you know, that I could have done better at? Like, was I snarky to someone? You know, what would have been a more skillful way to look at that? Or like, Mm -hmm. you know, there are lots of, uh, you're not going to get far if you're not reflecting on your actions in the work, you know? Yeah, I do a lot of Buddhist work too. And uh, one of the core practices is Vajrasattva, invocation who's a deity of purification and part of it is that you have to actually actively dig up your failures and like all Mm. the times you were an asshole and like look at that and pray to never do that again but that is also um that can be correlated to this card for sure okay purification absolutely and also um that can be that purification aspect is definitely linked with samic as well uh temperance for sure. Um, ah. Temperance is like being purified in the tests and trials of life experience, right? Yeah. Um, definitely a card of alchemical transformation. And, uh, you know, balancing, like you see in Temperance, Archangel Michael, mm-hmm. um, he is standing there and on one side, which represents Scorpio, Wait, water sign. Do you think that the the angel in temperance is that really is that supposed to be archangel michael it is archangel michael in cases system case Um, so there's like different okay like so robert wang says in his book that gabriel or no excuse me michael is in oh no no no. he says Raphael is in uh judgment but mm -hmm. case is very clear that it's gabriel in judgment and it makes sense because gabriel has the trumpet so there's like a lot of varying opinions, but I am from the school of case. So that's definitely so the school that I am trained in. The temperance card uh, really stood out to me because there's some really fascinating stuff in here. Um, probably the the weirdest to me being that the temperance card is holding the devil's torch. They are definitely similar. Um, I would say that the Devil's Torch is more smoldering. I mean, slightly. But if you compare this Temperance card to like the classical Devil from the uh, Rider Waite Smith deck, mm-hmm. the Devil has a downward facing torch, right? Just like your Temperance yeah, does. I, I found that sure. to be, I found that to be really interesting. Um, is the torch part of Paul Foster Case's symbolism, or was that something that came to you? Oh, no, that was part of Case's symbolism. Oh, interesting. I'm not super familiar with Paul Foster Case's tarot. Um, so that was that just really st- struck me as, in, as uh, unusual. Um, well, and it's absolutely unusual. I mean, and you're noting something that is significant for sure, because mm-hmm. every card builds on the previous cards right yeah like there's very powerful teachings in the connection between the cards as you're progressing through the major keys so there are a lot of important lessons in the reflections between key 14 temperance and key 15 the devil oh you do have and a, then there's your devil is the devil yeah, facing torch also yeah for sure and then also the t- temperance is sagittarius Mm-hmm. and the devil is capricorn they're right next to each other they sandwich the winter solstice there's oh, okay. definitely some and i was actually born on their cusp 
So uh-huh. I'm like a Kappa, I'm a Kappa Sag. <laughs> a Sagricorn? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, technically I was born at zero, zero degrees Capricorn, just a few hours after the sun moved in. Mm-hmm. So I'm on the Capricorn side. Hmm. Um, this really makes me wish that I had your deck in order so that as these things came up, it was easier <laughs> for me to find these cards. Um, your devil card is uh, one of the things that's interesting about it is how stark it is. Like there's a lot of negative space in your devil card. You've got the rest of your cards have a lot more kind of like fullness. Like if, so if you hold temperance and the devil side by side, you can see how in the temperance card, the the main character in the card, the the archangel is like, you're really up close. Like those wings are, are clipping the edge there. And he's like, you know, he fills up the whole, the whole scene. Whereas the mm-hmm. devil card, he's kind of tiny and wimpy. He's kind of pushed into the background a little bit. And there's a lot of <laughs> blank, empty space left around him. Um, yep. Which is really fascinating. Yeah. He's a, you know, or they, I guess, are kind of a grotesque, figure i mean there's something that would never occur in nature right they're like part eagle part goat part bat Uh part part vulcan (laughs) um yeah so uh i was told by a gnostic priest that that mudra represents the letter sheen Mm -hmm. that this does the Um, vulcan hand sign yep the vulcan hand sign yeah at least in this specific um in the esoteric tarot Oh. And then, he, so he's got, so if you notice the difference between, if you compare and contrast the devil and mm-hmm. the hierophant, so the hierophant has two fingers up with his palm facing towards him, which suggests something is concealed, mm-hmm. right? There's like something concealed, whereas the devil's like, nope, this is all there is. And that's the teaching of the devil, right? He's mm-hmm. like, no, there's nothing beyond materiality, right? It's the suffering of samsara. Um, like the devil tempts us to think that that's all there is, okay. you know. But Case says that the devil is the only card that is not the way that it appears, and that's why it has what do you think one of the means? most. I think that it means that it's that's a veil of illusion. Okay. So there's like if you would lift unlifted, it would probably look very similar to the lovers, right? Because there are two. It would actually, I think that the lovers is really the um, positive expression of the devil. Like if the, if you lifted the veil of the devil, it would look like the lovers. And if you actually examine the cube of space, mm-hmm. so the lovers is east above on the cube of space. It's the, the edge of east ab- above. And is that and then, Vav? Hey? Uh, so the lovers is Zane. Okay, okay the sword of discrimination, right? Mm-hmm. And then opposite, so you have east above is the lovers and then west below is the devil. So they're actually like opposing each other. So we have east mm-hmm. above and west below. So it's like east above is the lovers, like this very profound card of like brilliance and brightness and of harmony. Right, right. And then the devil is in west below, like the place of a place of very intense darkness. Right. Um, but yeah. if you lifted the veil, I, I think it would look like the devil uh, or the, uh, the lovers, the devil, these beings are in ignorance. They're kind of just like the two humans are just like spaced out. They're in chains. The chains are big enough to lift over their heads, right? They're mm-hmm. in bondage because of their ignorant choice. 
to right, be in bondage. Right. Whereas the lovers shows the three modes of communication in the proper modes of communication. So we have super consciousness, Archangel Raphael above Archangel of Healing, mm -hmm. representing like transcendent awareness. And then we have self-consciousness and subconsciousness below. So self-consciousness is the male and subconsciousness is the female. Okay. So case places powerful emphasis on these three modes of consciousness. Like basically the entirety of the tarot is the interplay between these three modes of consciousness. And his number one core teaching, which is the most profound I have taken away from the Western tradition at all, is that subconsciousness is amenable to control by suggestion. So subconsciousness is the prima materia, right? It comprises everything. But it's like a garden. Uh -huh. And we plant, we plant seeds just level our waking consciousness that grow in the garden of subconsciousness, right? Okay. So if I like say things like I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot, I'm an idiot, what seeds am I planting, right? Or like if I'm constantly focusing on negative aspects, like that will kind of carve the grooves deeper for those to manifest, right? So right, it's all right. about where we put our attention because energy flows where attention goes, so to speak. It's, and so it's akin to not only like the, uh, the self-fulfilling prophecy stuff that like Robert Anton Wilson warns us about, but also the, mm -hmm. uh, the law of attraction from uh, new thought from like the Kabbalion and William Walker Atkinson. That's interesting. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but the lovers actually shows the three modes of communication and harmony. Mm -hmm. So basically if you're intelligently using self-consciousness, the man and the lovers mm -hmm. to plant proper seeds in subconsciousness, the woman, AKA the garden, or mm -hmm. the waters of subconsciousness. Um, subconsciousness will look to super consciousness to manifest everything. Cause we want our lives to unfold in harmony with divine will, so to speak, or you, in harmony with the greater good. You want your lobster to take the yellow brick road. Exactly. You <laughs> want the lobster to take the yellow brick road. <laughs> exactly. So that is why I think I just got enlightened. I think, I think I probably <laughs> should have some more beer. <laughs> yeah. So the lovers is very important. And like part of the teaching of the lovers is discrimination, mm -hmm. right? And like discernment, like use that sword, right? Like mm -hmm. if there are negative influences in your life, chop that shit out. Okay. If there, you know, you need to use that sword to navigate life because people that don't know how to use the wrath, you know, mm -hmm. just kind of, take everything in and like there's so much crap that we need to beat out in the world just like the sword is also a powerful part of justice right you see justice with the scales and with the sword yeah and what doesn't come into harmony oh oh that naturally right on top. thank you for picking justice. yeah That's perfect <laughs> i didn't have to dig what around doesn't... to this one <laughs> yeah so like what doesn't come into harmony you know as it is like she will chop away you know mm -hmm. she is active with the mars force she's in a red dress um with green as well um wait okay let's talk a little bit more about justice uh yeah. this is an interesting card because i, mean, I want to talk a little bit about some periphery stuff purple curtains 
Is that just to mm-hmm. provide contrast with the yellow background? Or are purple um, and yellow no. important here? Absolutely. Okay. Anytime you see any color, it's me- it is you okay. know, pregnant it's, with it's meaning. Okay. okay. All right. All right. So there's a lot, there's a strong connection. Like I was saying earlier, each card builds on the previous card and mm-hmm. of all the preceding cards. So the card right before key 11 is key 10, mm-hmm. which is violet in color. Key 10 is the wheel of fortune. And it is karma. It's one of my the favorites. cycles of that karma. Means that key nine is Jeopardy, right? Because Jeopardy always comes <laughs> right before Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so the curtains are veiling, right? They're lifted. The veil is lifted. Oh, right? so you got this a, justice. I see. I I see now. Like you, the colors are are far more. Im- like the colors are important even in just relation between the cards uh, as you oh, yeah. pretty much told us right at the beginning when you were like if you lay them out all in the circle it's a color wheel and like the colors relate mm-hmm. the cards to each other now uh how do the colors of these cards uh relate to the minor arcana then like let's just pull out this dude right here good old king of good old stabby swords. king king of swords <laughs> <laughs> uh well so yellow is a symbol of air, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, any good Kabbalist can just start flowing, you know, jamming with their Thothian mind, you know? You've <laughs> got Zeus all on All of various here. symbols. It's true. Well, it's a manifestation of Zeus for mm-hmm. sure. But okay. it's, it's um, or a uh, reminiscent of, of Zeus for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the minor keys, I mean, they're minor keys. You know, I really use the minor keys for divination. I'd say the most powerful work with the tarot is with mm-hmm. meditation, manifestation through meditation with the major arcana um, so for internal alchemy. Do you... But I can draw correlations if you want. But please continue. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> well... We'll avoid the correlations for now. Um, <laughs> all right, back to the justice card. Now, uh, sure. the ju- justice card is is flanked by two pillars, and on the top of each of the two pillars is a red vessel. Pomegranates. Oh, that I was thinking that makes sense. Okay. My Alchemical Bromance is sponsored by Miskatonic Books. Miskatonic Books is an online bookstore that focuses on rare, limited edition, and custom-made books of the highest quality. They specialize in books on the occult, ceremonial magic, Freemasonry, Rosicrucianism, Hermeticism, and other topics of interest to you, our listeners. Check them out on the web at miskatonicbooks.com. So pomegranates are very special. Yes, yes. And, um, and, and, and like old school. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. In old school catalytic symbolism, pomegranates are said to contain 613 seeds, which yeah. are the number of commandments. Mm-hmm. Midrash. Not just 10. Yes. 613. <laughs> I know. Wait. I, I've, we've been around the block. 
what's yeah for sure <laughs> <laughs> um, and me too just once yeah just once <laughs> it's too smoky to go a second time <laughs> um okay all right cool all right that that makes that makes you more... also see yeah, you'll also see a pomegranate on the veil behind the high priestess uh, anytime you see um anytime you see a woman it's going to relate to subconsciousness so again that pomegranate links the uh, high priestess with uh-huh. justice for okay. sure okay hold on i'm looking for the high priestess i'm sure i know she's in here somewhere hiding deep within my subconscious i straight up made it an actual yellow brick road for okay. the high priestess tell me what color the high priestess <laughs> is that'll make this easier blue blue that's not it man there's a lot she's of the cards. source of all water she is subconsciousness she is the moon the high priestess is attributed to the moon uh-huh in the major arcana and there um, she, is. she is she is so special okay she is the only path that carries supernal light into tifret your, right? directly your high priestess also has a palm tree yes which makes me think of uh uh tomo deborah or the the palm tree of deborah one of uh, uh moses cordovero's key works Mm, I have not read that, though. I do know who Moshe Cordovero is. <laughs> He's kind of famous, you know? Yeah, a little a little famous. <laughs> uh, we haven't had him on the show yet, but um, that's because Matt hasn't finished working on our time machine microphone. <laughs> we can only get video. <laughs> um, but yeah, the again, the palm tree and the pomegranate they represent masculine and feminine energy. Um, and the palm tree is mostly green and the pomegranate is mostly red. And here you see the most powerful tantric union in the tarot and in astrology is that of the syzygy between Venus and Mars. And Did you, they, anytime you, really you just see... just pulled out like a, a 50 cent word there. Oh, you... <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> I like that. Syzygy. It's yeah. very, it's a special word. I think most of the time it's used to uh, denote a relationship between the sun and the moon, but I kind of just use it for other celestial bodies too. Our The first person we interviewed was uh, Chuck Dunning, who's a, a Masonic author. And he, I can't remember if he wanted to use the word syzygy and he used something else instead, or if he used the word syzygy instead of another word that started with an S. And he used it like five or six times. And then like half an hour later, he's like, oh, crap, you guys. I screwed up. I used the wrong word. <laughs> and we're like, it's okay. We do it all the time. It's, it's our thing. Um, your deck is super impressive. I, I want oh, you to thanks. know. I, it's it's so impressive. I was so impressed by it that I, I, I carry it around as my daily deck. Like I, I uh, have it in my bag. I, I sewed it its own little tarot pouch. See? I think you've seen this already oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and hopefully all uh all 20 of our listeners will will buy one. Oh, that would be great okay i'm gonna use this moment to segue into a special announcement <gasps> that has been cultivating for about oh three years Three years. Yeah. You've been waiting three years. three years to be on our podcast for this announcement. <laughs> yes, it's true. Well, this no, is so, so exciting. 
Oh my goodness. Okay. So, um, when I was doing tarot fundamentals, which is, I've heard from many like BOTA adepts that it's kind of his magnum opus mm-hmm. when it comes to his courses. This is Paul Foster Even though it's cases. kind of funny because he, he, Paul Foster case. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of funny because he, he does have a course called the great work, mm-hmm. but everyone says that tarot fundamentals is like, it's really important. And I highly recommend that everyone do it. That mm-hmm. is interested in sounding the deeper meanings in tarot. But um, I basically, I took extensive notes from my practices every day and mm-hmm. received a lot of beautiful poetic channelings about each of the major keys. Uh-huh. And I've been kind of, uh, you know, honing them and I've put them all, I've refined them all into these uh, beautiful Kabbalistic invocations. Uh-huh. And uh, I have now put together, I'm calling it Rota Tarot Internal Alchemy. Yeah. And it's a 22-day working with the Kabbalistic Tarot. Uh-huh. And uh, you, you know, um, basically do tarot meditations and do a little invocation. And I've put a lot of love and thoughts and meaning into the invocations. Um, there's a lot of hidden gematria I use a lot of like very specific words, like English translations of Hebrew words that carry the numerological signatures relevant. And so I've, it, every single word is placed with intention. And so I really do believe that they carry the essence of the Hebrew letters and the tarot mandalas that express them. That's cool. And are you releasing this as a book, as an online course, as a, series of psychic emanations like what are you (laughs) so um i have a printer that i use out of hong kong Mm -hmm. because i'm poor and i can't pay people in the united states to print my shit i mean i'm not poor but i'm you know yeah i do i can um so i found a deck size that's about five inches by eight inches Mm mm-hmm And so I'm printing, it'll come with the 22 tarot cards Mm -hmm. and then um, 22 meditation cards of the same color. Um, So basically, for example, let's take the high priestess. You're talking about her. Uh You'll see for the high priestess, there will be a five by eight humongous tarot card with her on it. Uh And then there will be a corresponding meditation card that has her correspondences. The whole card will be blue. Uh-huh. With the text on it, okay. With correspondences and a humongous gimel, uh huh. Um, and then there's like an affirmation you mean on the, the front. You mean the letter and not a actual camel, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah, okay. No, it comes with a camel, so nice, make sure your nice. landlord's okay with that. Okay. <laughs> um, and then so the front side of the meditation card has the correspondences, like the esoteric titles from the Golden Dawn tradition, the title from the Thirty Two Paths of Wisdom just other correspondences and also uh, an affirmation mm-hmm. that um, I recommend is spoken in the key. So you would um, sing it like each or chant it. Ta- yeah. Yeah. Well, or chant it. You would okay. chant it. So for example, is attributed to G sharp. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you're doing sound and color work um, to align yourself with the energetic signature of Gimel or the high priestess, right? So it's blue. You see blue everywhere. You see the blue border of the high priestess, the blue card with all the correspondences. Uh Say the affirmation. The affirmation is just a couple of 
sentences. Then afterward, you kind of just, you soak in the meaning um, of the affirmation and, you know, poke and prod with meditating on the symbols. And then there's an invocation on the back. It's pretty long. Um, I mean, not super long. It's so cool. I've really been pouring so much love. The love that I have for the tarot is like the cosmic mother's love for all beings, you know? And so... Uh, That's heavy. (laughs) 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 Um, But I really think people that are into, you know, dual pragmatic occultists Mm -hmm. will dig it. I do think it's pretty clear. And if you just follow, if you do it as instructed, I think that it's totally safe. You know, some crazy black magicians put out all sorts of shit these days. (laughs) I don't know. I watch, I follow, uh, you know, rare cult books on Facebook and I'm like, oh my God, I'm not doing that thing bound in serpent skin with all the fucking upside down (laughs) pentagrams. I've got a bunch of those books. They're not that, they're not that bad. (laughs) Okay. Well, I'm not going to touch it with a 10 foot pole. I'll stay with my uh, Sephirotic archangelic stuff over here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, you do what works for you and stuff. No, it's true. It's true. (laughs) I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm totally not hating, but I've also, I'm not hating at all. I totally honor free will for all beings and for them to do what is best. I just find that these, energies are very pure and very healing yeah and that's kind of what i gravitate to for sure well that sounds like Um, a really awesome project i'm really really looking forward to seeing it how how soon do you think i'm about to start yeah uh i'm about to do a or actually i was gonna see if uh you guys would be willing to uh proofread it i was gonna send you both of you two complimentary or one complimentary copy each heck yeah Awesome, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Totally. And if you find any typos, let me know. I've stared at it for so many hours. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think we'd so, be we'd be good at that. Uh, I, especially I, if we back timed it to complete it the work before our uh, my chemical bromance convention. Oh yeah, at the end of October. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mab- yeah. What? And we could. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a three person convention. It's we're just gonna. We're, <laughs> we're, it's going to be a big party, you know, where we're going to Matt's house. We're going to um, brew a beer. Sweet. A magic beer. A magic beer. Yeah. Yeah. Are we are we ready to reveal any secrets about our magic beer, Matt? I mean. No, not yet. Okay. Not even the cool name. Yeah. That would be cool. I mean, but the this would be cool to really yeah. to go through it before then and, and talk about it. Yeah. Then. And actually, we could even we could even work on some of it. We could even uh, do some of the work. Yeah. We've uh, sometimes when the three of us, uh, not uh, uh, Joey isn't here, but sometimes when the three of us have gotten together, we have done some interesting ritual work. Uh, the first time that I ever did, well, I mean, not the first time I ever did ritual with these guys because, you know, we're all Freemasons, but the first time I ever did like magical ritual with them, we hotboxed ourselves with frankincense. It turns out that they're used to it, but like we were in a room that yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't a tiny room. It was like a bedroom in a house that, that Matt had just moved into. And we sort of put together like a, I think it was like a, a, a lesser banding string ritual of the pentagram where we each took us part. Wasn't it, Matt? Did we do something yeah. like that? And they just kept putting more and more frankincense resin on the charcoal thingy. I mean, the room, the room looked like Portland outside right now. <laughs> it was so thick. Uh, 
And I was, you know, about halfway through the ritual, I'm like, you guys know that Frankincense is psychoactive, right? And it's like, no wonder this ritual always works so well. <laughs> so we'll probably do that again. Oh, yeah. Without question. Cool. I love Frankincense. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Mm. It's psychoactive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't have a pee test for it or anything. So you're, you're good. <laughs> ritual magicians everywhere can, can rest in peace with the, their Frankincense burning. <laughs> Well, then, if you decide to actually, because, like, re, I, th- I do think, um, back to the invocations, I think that, like, you can just read them, and they're really amazing. But if you do, like, I've set up, like, a little practice flow of, like, a little bit of breath work, mm-hmm. meditation with the card, um, the chanting of the affirmation, and then reading the invocation, and then sitting again after mm-hmm. having read the invocation and connecting with the card. And yeah. then you, like, jot any ideas you have in your journal or whatever. Um if you want to be the guinea pig for that, like, please let me know how it goes. Oh yeah, you know? we'll totally do I'm, it. Yeah. And Joey will be a guinea pig for too, anything. So. You know, Joey will totally do anything. Whoa. If you ask him. <laughs> <laughs> I have these crazy drugs in my freezer, man. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but... I'm really glad he's not here tonight. <laughs> he doesn't live, he lives in Camus. He's not too far from you. He'd be like on his way over. Well, I feel like I've asked you a ton of questions. Uh, and maybe it's Matt's turn to ask you some questions, or maybe it's your turn to ask us questions. If you'd like to ask us anything. Yeah, I think you should. Okay. Well, I'll let, oh, no, I was going to say, you, you should ask, ask you it. questions. Yeah. yeah. Ask us questions. Whoa. Okay. Um, what are your connections with the tarot? Like, I know I've spoken with you, um, Eric, about your mm-hmm. long history with the tarot, but what about yours, Matt? Mine somewhat similar to yours. Um, I joined the BOTA and I'm still early on in the coursework, but um, I'm as far as the tower card, but that's in tarot fundamentals. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love the tower. Yeah. I've been, I've actually held off the tower for a month because Joey also does, uh, did BOTA. And whenever he hit the tower card, his life fell apart. <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> so like, eh, I'm at the tower. I'm going to wait a week. <laughs> Your shit only explodes if you're on a faulty foundation, though. Yeah. Like, it's the life power, you know? That zap yeah. is from super consciousness. And you, you, but, it's, you know. it's not just working with the tower. Working on any sort of esoteric path, your shit will explode if it's not on a solid oh, yeah. foundation. I mean, yeah. the story of my life since I started practicing ritual magic is filled with my life exploding over and over and over again. I mean, I, I've had... Uh, I feel like I probably have my most solid foundation now, Um the shakiest thing is uh, is changing the the litter in my cat's litter box, so <laughs> so I try to do that regularly, and everything else feels like it's going okay. But man, being a being a magician is tough, dude. Tell me about it. It's like the universe keeps trying to kill you, <laughs> and then eventually it's like you know what? We're just gonna yeah. set your your part of the world on fire. We'll just burn it. See <laughs> see if you come out okay. <laughs> try that on for size. so true see the diverse was like there's too many oklahoma magicians living in the pacific northwest now we gotta burn this down yeah 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 that's (laughs) thanks my alchemical romance um but i mean matt uh as an external observer your life seems like it's on a pretty solid path i think you should just dive into the tower uh yeah so 
I don't know if the BOTA really teaches this, but this is something that I've always had a really strong feeling about. Like the tower and the hanged man are super closely intertwined. Like they're kind of, there's a, there's a lot of similarities uh, when you have to deal with both of those cards. The hanged man though, is something that you do on purpose. And the tower is something mm-hmm. that happens to you no matter what. So it could be that now mm-hmm. that you've got your momentum up, uh, the tower will happen to you whether you like it or not. So I say put on your hoplite armor and charge into battle and face it head on. You know, think of um, of Lord Fanny from The Invisibles who was like, uh, I am a sorcerer and I do not fear. Death is my ally. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> you're right i need to I, I just need to push forward that's it you'll love it oh my god i'll never forget when i was meditating on the tower and tarot fundamentals i was like this is my favorite card <laughs> i just i love it i'm i was born on a planetary convergence in capricorn and mars is exalted in capricorn and i just fucking love mars and i know it gets a bad rap but nothing would get done without Mars, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and sometimes, like, the fault, dude, our world is filled with faulty foundations, man. I'm ready for that shit to explode. I just don't want to die, and I don't want the ecosystem <laughs> to die, you know? So, as, but anything that is, it's like, It's already too late for the ecosystem. Oh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. Look outside, Evie. Evie, just smell the air. God oh. damn it. <laughs> Well, I hope that it bounces back. You know, I mean, I think that it will. And, you know, human beings, God, we have so much potential, man. We could make this world thrive. We could, like, enhance the ecosystems. But instead, we're like, no, fuck this. Fuck it. <laughs> fuck it all. Let's just kill ourselves and everything well, else. I mean, there's a big problem with that. Like, if we if we make the world thrive, then that means that the rich people don't get to keep all the money. And the poor people don't get to stay poor. And you know that that's not how the world works. Right, like <laughs> how this world works. Yeah, Shit. yeah. I'm hopeful. I'm trying to be at least. God, <laughs> it's hard some days. Yeah, it is. Your tower card is it? Had, it's got a solar eclipse on it. It does look that way. Yep, definitely does look that way. The tower is so. If you notice, like I said, that the tarot is holographic. Mm-hmm. You'll notice that the sun, where the lightning bolt is coming from, which is obviously the lightning bolt that goes down the tree of life, mm-hmm. creating all that exists. Um, it comes from the upper right-hand corner of the card, which is where you'll see the sun card in the fool, mm-hmm. and where you'll see the eagle representing Scorpio, a.k.a. the sexual force, the generative force, um, which you see in the Wheel of Fortune and the world. So there's definitely some uh, potent meaning there, too, for sure. It's like that evolutionary force, right? That's so intimately tied with the generative region and, like, yeah. you know, the sex- sexual energy, kundalini, you know, the evolutionary life power, so to speak. So that evolutionary life power is what knocks the false crown of illusion off the tower. And mm-hmm. that tower is, like, all alone, like, isolated, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it's the unleaning tower of Pisa too. I mean, yeah. It is. <laughs> um, True. Yeah, that's that's cool. All right, I totally interrupted your questions for Matt. Um, 
you asked him about the BOTA and he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm working on the tower. And then we're like, Matt, the tower's coming to get you. You can't run away from it. <laughs> I don't so, know where we were going from there, but. Oh, uh, just, you know, fear, uncertainty and doubt. Just a little bit of oh, yeah. each of those. I'd be scared for the moon card, dude. Tower is a piece of cake. Just, you know, oh. stay inside. When you're on the moon <laughs> <card>. <laughs> Have you ever had a chance to go to a, like a vibratory attunement? With the BOTA group? Um, yeah, actually, I've done quite a few of those. So I was actually, so I've done the BOTA courses, but I was actually working with a different group um, that does a lot of the same work, uh, like same lineage, but not a, like working with the official, working with BOTA coursework, but in a different a group. Uh, Ian. Okay. Um, but the gentleman was empowered by like he had gone through the FLO system as well as BOTA hmm. and received permission to continue that work. So I, I was working with a super small group in Canada and got to do, I was like, I got to be an officer and all that jazz, like super early on. Nice. So, um, I got, I was doing vibratory attunements all the time. I was helping to host tarot circles for three over three years in Canada. So we just continuously rolled through the tarot cards and had public study groups every Thursday, once a week. Oh. Um, we would basically open with reading a book of tokens meditation, um, would sit in silence for about five minutes and contemplate the symbolism in the card and then just have an open discussion for an hour. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'd close with some sound and color work. We would chant EO three times with the uh, note and just visualize like the note of the key and then visualize the color of the key, just flooding our body and the room and the world and the galaxy and so on and so forth. And I love this work. I think that it is cases work is the most profound I've encountered. I've dabbled, you know, not a ton in the Western mysteries, but I've done some Thelemic stuff and some golden Dawn stuff and Masonic stuff and Gnostic stuff. And, you know, that's a little bit of this. That sounds like dabbling a ton. (laughs) Well, there's more stuff, dude. Some of these crazy books, you know, like, you know, Cult of Sabotage is getting pretty popular Mm -hmm. with all the Andrew Chumbly stuff. And I mean, it looks beautiful. And like, dude, I have straight up. I have like a lot of respect for that. Okay. I was just saying when I, when I read cases stuff, I feel like I'm taking a psychic bath. Ah. But when I read Crowley's stuff, I feel like I need to take a bath. (laughs) Yeah, I I totally understand that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Um, Let's. All right. That's cool. I love Crowley. He's a genius, dude. I'm I'm just dissing a little, you know, because who whips their student with stinging nettles, dude? I'm sorry, but like, I'm not down with that. I don't know. My dad made me crouch in stinging nettles once. I mean, he didn't make me. He just didn't warn me. I, I learned a really important <laughs> lesson. <laughs> it, it was a little painful. <laughs> I had pants on. Or shorts, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... <laughs> You know, and I don't want to contribute to the shit slinging, man. I don't want to be like that. I see all this golden dot. Like, everyone just hates each other, dude. It's like, come on. Can't you just, like, contribute to, like, 
piece or whatever. I mean, it's okay to like give, you know, I don't know. I give Curly shit because he's Curly, but I'm not going to like, if someone really loves that path, you know, I honor that and I want them, you know, I want them to do what they feel called to do. You know, I know it's got its place in, in yeah, things for, for sure. sure. But I, mean, I see so much of the poo flinging and I just, there's a lot of the so poop flinging, but it's mostly, you know, the people who make the most noise are the ones flinging the most poop. <laughs> it's uh but i mean you know we've had we've had oto guys or at least one oto guy on the podcast and he's super smart and awesome to talk to and like eager to come back for more um and we've i don't know if we've had any golden dawn people on the podcast that there there is a golden dawn group in portland but they tend to be pretty quiet about who they are but um mm-hmm. but the you know i mean it's just the 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 poop slinging is just really loud it's easy to see. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't, it certainly doesn't represent it all. It's like, you know, freaky fundamentalist evangelical Christians don't represent all of Christianity or, um, for sure. Yeah. Or, or militant atheists don't represent all atheists or something True. like that. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. Oh, for sure. It's just, some people are just really good at being noisy, <laughs> mm-hmm. noisy in a bad way. I think, I don't know. So it's okay if you don't like Crowley. You can totally say you don't like Crowley, and it doesn't count as slinging shit. Uh, I'm not a super big fan of Crowley, but I can still have a good conversation with somebody who is a fan of Crowley and hopefully learn some things, or at least learn a couple things. So, you know, you're good. Nobody thinks you're slinging shit. Cool. (laughs) All right, Matt, you must have more questions. I don't, because I'm at a disadvantage because I don't have the deck, oh. so I don't want to be able to uh, yeah, prepare. Yeah, you're just going to have to ask her a question that isn't about tarot at all. Esoteric Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Tell us a little bit about Esoteric Buddhism. Just a, a smidge. Wow. Yeah. A smidge, okay. Yeah, o- open the gates. Well, okay, I'll open the gates. Here, uh, dude, and I'll open the gates in a really kick-ass way that relates to the Tree of Life, all right, okay, well, and the tarot. So, so we're we we've already been recording for a long time. So, so you yeah. can open the gates in a way that it's like a cliffhanger, where people are like, "Okay, holy crap, we want to hear about what she has to say." Invite her back, and okay. then we'll be forced to invite you back. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So dig this. Okay. Okay. In uh, Vajrayana, uh-huh. Tibetan Buddhism, which is my I'd say my primary practice um with regard to like regular I mean I work with the tarot like constantly I can't stop that but I am a consistent Vajrayana practitioner um there are the four thoughts that turn the mind to dharma okay so first one is precious human life Mm -hmm. reflecting on what an amazing opportunity it is to be a human being, uh, how rare it is considering the countless forms of species just on this planet, Mm -hmm. you know, um, in like, there's a store, there's a teaching about precious human life. The, um, chances of being incarnated as a human is as slim as a turtle that only comes up for air once every hundred years. And there just so happens to be a plank floating at the top of the ocean with a little hole in it. And when the, when the turtle comes up to the ocean to 
or up to the top of the water to get air, his head goes into that little circle in the plank. So that is their teaching of how rare it is to be incarnate. Who thought that up? (laughs) Some dude in a cave in Tibet like 2,000 years ago. Afterwards, he's like, I think Frankincense is psychoactive. (laughs) (laughs) That or he was just a dick to turtles. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean that's a that's an awesome metaphor for how rare something could be but it's also like yeah very specific right, cool <laughs> okay um so we have precious human life mm-hmm. then we have karma mm-hmm. right all of our actions have opposing reactions right so we better not be assholes because that's just going to create more suffering in the world um then we have impermanence, which is the most important one to contemplate because everything is fleeting, right? I could die tonight. You could die tonight. You know, um, Matt could. This world because of the could tower. get hit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, everything stuff, dude. We can't take this stuff when we die. You know, all this stuff is impermanent. Like, you know, a million years you know, what is going to be left of this? You know, what is going to be left when we die? I mean, impermanence is really important to contemplate, right? And in in Vajrayana, they say that if there's one thought you can contemplate that will actually take you to enlightenment, it is impermanence. Mm -hmm. So really, and, you know, when you think about that, when you're having conversations every day, with people, especially if you get in a fight, for example, I mean, if you're holding impermanence and you're in the forefront of your mind, you're probably going to react differently, right? You might want to be more skillful in case it's the last time you see this person. Mm-hmm. So impermanence is a very important thing to contemplate. And then finally, okay, so we have precious human life, karma, impermanence, samsara, suffering, right? All of right. the suffering in the world. Oh my God, how many people are sick? How many people are homeless in Portland right now, breathing this shitty air like they can't go inside? You know, what mm-hmm. about all the animals, all the birds' nests, you know, all yeah. of everything, you know, contemplating that, holding that. There is so much suffering right now. It sucks. There's like no way around it, you know. And so that also, all of these things, like I said, these four topics are said to be the four thoughts that turn the mind to dharma because you Mm -hmm. turn the mind to dharma because dharma is the antidote it's the medicine that helps purify you so that you can be a better conduit of healing in the world right Uh so here is how it relates to the tree of life and will be the cliffhanger okay (laughs) so we have wait can i guess precious human life i oh sure yeah 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 i mean the first thing i wanted to think of was the four worlds of the four levels of the soul but all right, you, you go. You tell us, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so check this. On okay. the tree of life, there are the four diagonal paths that enter into Tifereth. Uh-huh. Okay. Um so we have the hermit. Uh-huh. Which is linked to precious human life, right? He has gone this way to be at this apex to mm-hmm. hold the light for others, right? Because he realizes the nature of precious human life. Okay. Right. That's why he is lighting the way for others because he wants to help. Right. And so then we have karma, justice, right? Uh huh. Balance. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then death, impermanence. 
Uh-huh. And then suffering, illusion, samsara, the devil, right? So those four thoughts that turn the mind to dharma, uh-huh. also archetypically they link with the four diagonal paths entering Tifereth or Christ consciousness, right? The heart center. Right. So that is my correlation between That's... those ideas. There's a lot to unfold there. For there sure. is a lot to unfold. And we won't do it right now. We're not. We're, we're <laughs> no, going to leave that as an exercise the for the listener. Um, so, okay. What's your website, Evie? I mean, my sorry, website. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, my name is Evie. Um, my website is rotatarot.com. That's R-O-T-A-T-A-R-O-T dot com. And my store is on there. I got some artwork on there. And this episode will be out in three weeks. Uh, yeah. So will you have your uh, tarot meditation series on there? I will indeed. I'm about to start blasting the info for that probably tomorrow. Awesome. So, yep. Okay. Uh, awesome. Are you on Twitter? I'm not on Twitter, but I'm on Instagram. I don't do Twitter yet. I don't know. I'm still feeling it out. <laughs> and your Instagram but handle I is am on Twitter. It is Soror. That's S O R O R underscore Zadkiel. That's T Z A D K I E L. Okay, Soror Zadkiel. I'll totally put that in the show notes because that's sweet. Yeah, nobody's... that's a mouthful. Nobody's gonna watch. Be real. Okay. Um, all right, cool. <laughs> and uh, and uh, we are My Alchemical Bromance. And you can find us on the web at myalchemicalbromance.com. And you can look us up on iTunes or Stitcher or other podcasting thingamajigs. And um, you should leave us a good review. And then you should also go buy uh, Sword Sadkiel's awesome tarot deck and her meditation series thing which is gonna have a, is it gonna have a name what's the name gonna be rota tarot internal alchemy right you already said that i totally just forgot rota tarot internal alchemy so uh thanks for listening and um what does joey always say they say hail eris hail eris oh shit <laughs> all right then <laughs> Thank you.